So the occasion for the evening centered around recognizing the Ham Prize Award winner. So this prize was established in 2012, and it, it celebrates specifically the scientific achievements of an outstanding researcher, a group of researchers, um, a research institution, and it's selected by this rotating jury of national, international leaders in the diabetes community, and plus the prize is $250,000 for biomedical research in diabetes that recognizes innovation in the field of diabetes research with an emphasis on progress towards a a cure. And that that 250k that's a lot of money in the research world, and the Harold Ham Diabetes Center, and specifically Harold Ham, they put it on, and uh, we actually got the chance to talk tonight with Dr. Ronald Kahn, the Ham Prize Year winner this year. Woohoo! Yeah, he was cool. He's <laughs> he very was cool. cool. Yeah, and so just a little shout out to the Harold Ham Diabetes Center. Uh, that's where Amber and I actually go to see the endo. Yeah, Woo-hoo. little plug there, and that different endos. Different endos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many so many choices. I actually got a call from my endos office saying I hadn't been and it was time to go. So I need to go. I know I got Compliance. the call. Got the call. Yep. <laughs> but they're a world leader in diabetes research, patient care, and prevention. All right. So this night, it was cool. And in the middle of the VIP cocktail hour, we actually got to set up shop and run a podcast. So all these people are going by, they're looking at us like, what is going on? What is the, what is the real life diabetes podcast? I think they were kind of scared. I think they were. We, yeah. we were intimidating. We looked really good that night. Yeah, we were, and we had a staff. I mean, people were there to help us. We had we had a staff. Yeah. And we were sipping cocktails, which and loosened things up a bit. It does. Yeah. 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 And we were glaring at people as they went by. <laughs> but besides that, no. I mean, it was it was it was amazing. We loved it, um, and we had the chance to talk to a few of these leaders in the diabetes treatment research front for about five minutes. Uh, we didn't focus on the run of the mill research questions. We got to the heart of their diabetes motivations. We talked to physician, people with diabetes, uh, Amber quizzed them right out of the gate, what their A1Cs were. We talked about cowboy boots, favorite Toby Keith songs, because Toby Keith actually performed mm-hmm. later that night. Huge deal. All right. Hometown, more Oklahoma. Only if you're a country pumpkin. No, Toby was awesome. I'm just kidding. She was singing along, too. I saw it. I saw it. All right. And uh, yeah, they, they also told us uh, why Amber and I haven't been dropped yet as patients for non-compliance. <laughs> Shocking. I know. It completely shocking, but it was a blast. And I really think you guys are going to dig the messaging. Uh, We're talking to physicians, researchers, and just people who are making things happen on the diabetes front. We're happy to be a part of it. Very happy to be a part of it. And not only were we live at this gala, gala, it was also our first sponsored podcast. Woo! Woo! And we're thankful to have support from First United Bank, the home of diabetes, daily grinds, financial services. So please stop by any of Oklahoma or North Texas locations, or visit firstunitedbank.com, equal housing lender, member FDIC. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there needs to be a song with that. Amber, this is our first live podcast. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the history of this scenario, shall you know, we? I, I feel like this was our uh, this was like our first night. This is the first time that Ryan and I <laughs> attended anything socially uh, on behalf of diabetes. Yep, and both of us were uh, conscious 
And if we left, it was it was a great night. It was a great night. Yeah. yeah, this was a huge night because this was you knew what the Harold Ham Diabetes Center was. I did too. We were fortunate enough mm-hmm. to stumble into a couple of tickets. Yeah. And it ended up at this Connect and Cure Gala. Um, all benefiting the Harold Ham Diabetes Center. And I'll never forget sitting at the table. I, I think we feel like there was a chief, a fire chief or somebody else. And I think everybody at the table was like, who in the hell are these young people? <laughs> She's got a tattoo. And uh, yeah, it was been, it was a great conversation. And they were so nice to us and very welcoming. And it was clear that the mission was something that we could believe in. No, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And to have something like this Diabetes Center um, brought here by Harold Ham. In our own city, in Oklahoma City, it's it's pretty it's pretty, big deal. It's pretty amazing, yeah. You know, and so, and yeah, yeah, let's talk about deal. the gift. I mean, so the gala is to give an award to either a leading researcher, a research team, or well, there's a third thing. It's very, it's juried. It's every other year, and it's a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar award. It's a huge prize. And it's amazing. I like what they've done and how they've really incentivized the award and and what they give credence in the award-giving process and it, it has to be towards a progress or progress towards a cure right that is the key yeah and this is not simply just an awareness night it's not just um, a way to raise funds to just promote public awareness we're actually moving on a track towards a cure and it's happening here in Oklahoma City so pretty exciting and I think that's something exciting for anybody that has diabetes or is affected by it that we all hear about the cure the cure the cure and we're we're ready for it to to come about so hopefully this event will help make that happen and I know last year excuse me two years ago the inaugural gala 600 people great turnout this year we were tapped out at 900 and if we had a bigger venue I guarantee we could have packed in more people oh no doubt no doubt everybody in Oklahoma is affected by someone with diabetes um, and it, it just it touches us all we all well, know it what's the fact what are the facts like it's Type 2, we're one of the highest, right? Yeah, I think there's an official diagnosis of type 2 diabetes in 12% of the population in Oklahoma compared to 8% nationally. Right. And then one out of every three people in Oklahoma either has prediabetes, type 1, type 2, or is suffering from complications. Right. So that's a huge number. Pretty big number. And that that's is well a above huge the national number. average. And um, I think that's something that Harold Ham recognized and said, you know what? Let's attack that right here in our state and try to make a difference. <laughs> All right, so tonight's a big night. We're, yeah. we're, we're excited. We're going to have on some really cool guests, um, some people who can talk exactly about what's going on on the ground in the diabetes research world. Here's some specific diabetes experiences from kids who get treated in yeah. diabetes clinics. And really just showcase the real diabetes life. And if we're lucky, we might get one of the campers. Harold Ham put out a, uh, a pilot camp this summer. They took 20, 20 kids, I think, to um, all with type 1 to uh, a camp for a week and we cannot wait to talk to one of them we can't wait so we're gonna get to highlight that story tonight and uh and really just sharing a a cool moment so big thanks to uh the connecting cure gala for letting us stop by and hang out yeah um let's have some fun let's do it boots and bling So about two years ago, Dr. Lane was naive enough to allow me into his office. He entertains all of my questions and sets my mind at ease when we discuss some of the touchy subjects of living with diabetes. He serves as the Director of Adult Clinical Programs at Harold Ham Diabetes Center and was kind enough to share five minutes with us. I I was diagnosed with diabetes in 2004 in the year that the Cardinals should have won the World Series. (laughs) Ooh. But they were swept by the Boston Red Sox. That was a year of fate. That was a big deal. For the Red Sox, not the diabetes diagnosis. Oh, it was the year that they came back from um, um, 0-3 mm-hmm. to beat the yep. Yankees four games to three. And they were on a mission. So it's about 
being hot at the right time. That's right. So I can remember that really, really well. And so for about 12 years, I did really well with metformin and... Uh, 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 <laughs> oh, the GLP-1 agonist, the first okay. one, Bieta. The first one. Yeah. Yep. Let me ask you, did you recognize your own symptoms or... Yes. Yeah. How long had you did been you practicing deny yeah, endocrinology before that? I was in my fellowship when my father developed type 2 diabetes. Okay. And so it wasn't anything that I did that was um, in reference to like my family having diabetes. Right. Yep. So um, it just happened that way. And But diabetes is such a common disease that you run into all kinds of other people um, who have it as well. Mm-hmm. So... Yep. And you mentioned that, you know, you had a little bit of a family history, but have you seen your own personal history now with diabetes impact the way that you treat patients or that relationship process? Well, sometimes I will bring it up that I have diabetes right. and that I've had a personal experience with a product or a symptom or mm-hmm. something, and it makes it more real to them. Right. And uh, I do it for that reason because it allows me to tell them that I have experience with that symptom, with that vulnerability. Right. And so sometimes that helps. That's a huge deal because really all we want as people with diabetes, as patients, is to be heard, for yes. someone to understand what the daily struggle is. So I, yeah. I always thought that it would, it would be a huge tool yep, to have. So uh, that's where we're at now. And uh, about a year ago, I developed secondary failure on those agents. So I had really good control. And then all of a sudden one day... Uh, I started losing weight. And what does secondary failure mean? That means that you were treated uh, successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, your A1Cs went under good control for about 12 years. Right. Okay. It just happens. Yeah, so and it just happens. Learn something new today. Body runs out of reserves. Well, something that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Last thing I'll ask you about before we, we let you you take off. <laughs> okay. Is um this Wavelengths program. Uh-huh. The young adults transition into the adult clinic. It's huge. It's, uh, it can be a problem in some situations, and it seems like you're attacking it. Well, I, w- I look to find um, a center where um, I would have cooperation from the pediatric endocrine group because when I was in, ne- in Nebraska... The pediatric endocrine uh, physician there sort of reserved the right to sort of direct people the way that he felt that they ought to be directed. Right. So one of the things that we did was to find out um, where people were going and then sort of try to make a place for all the people to go once they were sort of told the pediatric endocrinologist is looking for somebody to transition for them. Do you guys actually sit in together with the patient? I think I heard that. So one of the things that happens is that they come to Children's, and uh, I see them over at Children's on Monday afternoons for the first visit. Oh, nice. So, so same spot. Yeah. Same so, location they grew up going to. Right. Now, some of the kids, you know, they're way past being an issue, but other kids, are they're not quite ready yet, mm-hmm. and so that's okay. Sometimes it takes the... Uh, the impending um, process of being on their own to start thinking more seriously about what they have to do. So one personal question, Dr. Lane, who is my endocrinologist, <laughs> prepare yourself. What is not your, a violation of him. What is your A1C? My last A1C, now that I got it under under control, is 7.2. Oh, that's great. 
So it's not perfect, but it's it's great. But it's right in the range. Yeah, yeah. it's right in the range. Yeah. Are you harder on yourself? No, I mean. Well, my thought is is that no one really wants to go to an endocrinologist who has a bad hemoglobin. <laughs> 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 right. But that also so, makes you human. Yeah, I know, but. So anyway, it's, well, hey, we really appreciate you stopping yeah, by. Thank well, thank you so thank you. much, Dr. Being real with us. Thanks, you Dr. Bet. Wayne. Thank you. Enjoy the night. So Dr. Khan is the chief academic officer and senior investigator at Jocelyn Diabetes Center in Boston and a professor at Harvard School of Medicine. Earlier in the day, I actually heard him lecture at OU Medicine's campus on the environmental and genetic inter- interplay in type 2 diabetes development. I know, super sexy stuff. No, really, for me, it was awesome. This guy's great. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, thanks for joining us, Dr. Khan. My yep. pleasure. I was just talking to you a second ago about how I really enjoyed your lecture um, today at lunch, talking all about the gut microbiome and then just the genetic and environmental factors that play in to obesity, type 2 diabetes, and that kind of research um, has sparked your award tonight, um, the Harold Ham Prize, um, and just congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. How's your time been so far in Oklahoma City? It's been really wonderful. It's the uh, first time I've actually been in Oklahoma City, and I got to go to the park yesterday and uh, go up to uh, Bricktown and go, you know, taste the food. Got a chicken <laughs> fried steak. So you can't afford that, can you? That, <laughs> that may put you towards type 2 diabetes. Yeah. I'm well, just throwing that out but there. But you have to take a risk every now and then. <laughs> See, and I think that is such an important thing to say. So I'm so glad you said that. And um, that is the full Oklahoma experience. You cannot, you cannot miss steak. the chicken fried steaks. So that's, yeah. that's a huge deal. Yeah. All right, so a couple of the highlights, I'd, I would just love to hear your, um, just you speak about just a little bit more today. It's just the power of environmental factors in, in type 2 diabetes prognosis and, and obesity just in general. Yeah. So let me say, I, you know, today I talked a lot about the environment in type 2 diabetes. Yes. And because we all know that type 2 diabetes, there's a big component of obesity, and obesity uh-huh. is governed a lot by how much you eat and how active you are. So that's a lot of environment. And of course, I talked a lot about the gut microbiome, but yeah. I think what I'd like to say to you actually, uh, because you have, is that uh, actually the environment's a big factor in type 1. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And, yes. and, we, and we don't actually know about it the same way. You know, if you take identical twins, genetically identical twins, and one of them has type 1, mm-hmm. there's only about a 1 in 3 chance that the other one will have type 1. Really? So they okay. have identical genes, but still they don't have the same development of diabetes. So that tells you... It's fascinating. Yeah, that so fascinating. that tells you really right off the bat that there has to be either an environmental trigger or perhaps an environmental protective mm. factor that makes the difference. And this is really important because we know that the prevalence, uh, or actually the incidence rate, the, the number of people getting it, uh, type 1 diabetes every year is going up. And by so a significant percentage, correct? A significant percentage, and that's hmm. not driven by genes. That's driven by the environment. So for both type 1 and for type 2, we really need to figure out where the environment plays a role. For type 2, we think it's easy because yeah. we're sucked into this idea. It's just too much to eat and too little activity. Right. But it could be something much more... Uh, specific, something that we're not quite focused on. And for type 1, we don't have a clue yet. We have to get the clue. And uh, yeah, that type 2 trap, and you talked about the type 1, this is all very brand new. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, these thoughts, and because it is, it's that it's that fallacy almost about type 2, and it's mm-hmm. just you know people eating too much and not exercising. But you mentioned it today, there's so many genetic factors that are strong pulls, and the environment's a huge trigger. But there's a lot more to it than 
the bias I think that exists in the mainstream right now. Yeah, yeah. and I think we we often we focus on what we see, right, and we don't focus on what we don't know. So the main point of doing research is to really get beyond our kind of preconceived notions and really find out what do the data show us, what can we learn, what new insight can we get, whether it's about type 1 or type 2, when we look at the environment or the genes, because there are going to be things hidden there, and it only takes one or two of these new insights to make a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Huge difference. Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Cron. Oh, it's was, my uh, pleasure. It's great being it here. Was, and it was I, a great couple of minutes. I, I love this award, so thank, thank you. Thank you so We're much good. for thank you. your time. First United Bank isn't driven simply by transactions. All right, they exist to help others find their path to success and believe that requires not only financial well-being, but also wellness, personal development, and faith. That's why First United created SpendLifeWisely.com, a website that educates, empowers, and inspires. So whether you have questions about saving for your children's college, I know it's a big deal, no kids yet, already thinking about it, building your resume, or eating healthy, visit SpendLifeWisely.com. They help others actually spend their life wisely. That's not a slogan, it's the promise. And that's why DiabetesDayTheGrind.com believes in First United Bank, equal housing lender, member FDIC. I was transferred to Dr. Copeland's care when I was 10 years old. I love this man. He piloted one of the first and held insulin for kids trials in the world right here in Oklahoma City, and he invited me to join as a youngster. He's a practicing pediatric endocrinologist at OU Medical Center in downtown Oklahoma City and serves as vice chairman of the Department of Pediatrics. It's great to have you in Oklahoma City, and uh, while you're here, I would, I would love for you to just talk about this transition in treatment and the options that are available now, Yeah. Uh, not only for, for kids with type 1, but also kids with type 2, and how you've seen this whole um, this evolution of treatment, really, since you came to Oklahoma City. Well, absolutely. You know, Ryan, I started doing this in 1975. I, I'm embarrassed to say that I've been at it for now, <laughs> now 40 years, and uh a lot has happened in that period of time. I no longer say a cure is in the next five to ten years because, you know, can't see in the future. Hey, I can't. thank you for saying I that. I cannot, and I don't say that anymore. On the other hand, what we've seen in the last ten years has has been an acceleration of technology like like never before. Right. So I'm crossing my fingers and I'm hoping that 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 rate of of acceleration of of uh, new breakthroughs, treatments uh, for diabetes will continue. Of course, it will depend to a large extent on 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 the economy and whether there will continue to be federal mm-hmm. funding. Uh, That's a good point for uh, for research. But the technology is astronomical. It makes your head spin. What's going on? I mean, it's every day. It's like you hear about a new encapsulation study, or you hear right. about a new artificial pancreas breakthrough. So it's incredibly encouraging. I mean, you could just search diabetes research. And it's like there's something new that pops up on Google that will kind of let your your hopes get up. Yeah, I think it's okay, but I like what you said. Yeah, actually, you know, that's exactly right. I mean, breakthroughs are happening every day. Unfortunately, many of them are a first success rather than a sustained success. Right. And I think it's really, really easy for our parents of of kids with type 1 diabetes in particular or patients with type 1 diabetes Mm -hmm. to say, this is it. We finally have done it. I don't think we're there yet, but my goodness, things are accelerating rapidly. And are you encouraged by having the Harold Ham Diabetes Center here and actually promoting research? And you've always done research here, but now to have this joint unit with the adult group, does that excite you? How good is this, Ryan? Oh. I mean, how good is this? 
here we are in Oklahoma. Who would have ever thought it, right? Here right. we are. And sort yeah. of the, the, uh, the largest prize of its type, the Nobel Prize for Diabetes, the Harold right. Ham Prize, given every two years, $250,000 to a person just like Dr. Khan that you just interviewed, a person that has made either a lifetime, a lifetime of sustained achievements or one major phenomenal breakthrough. He's actually done both. Both. That's, yeah. And he's here tonight. Yeah. We're lucky with, to have him. With Toby Keith. With Toby Keith. <laughs> That's right. Let's go right around. there. Let's go enjoy Toby Keith tonight. <laughs> hey, it sounds Kick great. Up our heels. Let's dance. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Copeland. You Thank you Good so much, Copeland. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Appreciate it. Andy Behrens is the marketing director at Harold Ham Diabetes Center and oozes passion for the center's efforts across the state. We may or may not have strong-armed him into participating after hearing about his recent dietary choices. He's great for the team. Okay. All right. Andy, dude, welcome to the Real Life Diabetes <laughs> Podcast. Take two. <laughs> hey, thanks. It's a delight to be here. <laughs> Andy, what's your position at the Harold Ham Diabetes Center? I am the marketing director for the center. I've been there since uh, March of 2012. So from the very beginning? Uh, pretty much, from, well, from the beginning of the uh, creation of, a, of an administration team. Right. I have. Um, but prior to that, um, the administrators were also the people seeing patients. So uh. you can imagine how, uh, how slow going that could be. And so there was finally the, the, the money and the interest and everything to go ahead and start building an admin team. Right. And I, I was fortunate enough to be the first marketing hire for the center. And I've been there ever since. It's, it's uh, maybe the best career move of my life. Kudos on scoring that position because that's a good one. Oh, I, it is. Absolutely. No, I, I thank my lucky stars every day. Trust me. <laughs> and what I would imagine is a pretty challenging environment. We're in Oklahoma. Um, there's competing interests. Yeah. But diabetes has such a huge role. So for you, are there challenges there with being the marketing guy in this land of diabetes and its prevalence? You know? Sometimes it's overwhelming, and I try not to to be overwhelmed by it right. as much. You know, I, I try not to think too much about uh, really what's riding on my work every day right. because that would probably uh you know crush me but <laughs> but no um it it certainly stimulates me it certainly certainly i don't have a, a single day where i drag myself into work right um awesome. the the need is is so powerful my my grandfather uh was a type 2 um and died of it as a matter of fact and my dad now has developed type 2 and and so you know considering Hits how him. it runs in the family yeah mm -hmm. I've, I've got to stay abreast of things and 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 just the uh, the nature of the um of the epidemic and and how it's been expressed in, in the state of oklahoma is heartbreaking and we can do better we have to do better well and i think that we all make personal choices every single day um that help that hopefully and i think that's one of the things that i was excited to hear you say today whenever i was asking the people from the skirvin um about the meal preparation and things like that because as someone who has to count carbs i was so excited to hear that you guys are providing with the dinner the, the, like all, the breakdown right sure the all, the, all, the, all your nutrition that, facts are the right word, there yeah. on a card yeah along with the with the meals so it's it's about um it's about developing a consciousness i right. think um and uh just so it's, it's not a throwaway idea that right. you'll just show up and you'll eat whatever's on the plate right and and not think about it and that's i think that's that's really the the number one thing about th this whole thing is just mm -hmm. just an awareness um to uh to exercise and and it's just sort of sort of the the daily life maintenance that's involved love what you said there about awareness and especially here in oklahoma i think that's been what's been trailing behind is this awareness and this disconnect between choices and what's really happening right. and why we have diabetes how do you think oklahoma's doing now hey can you see anything happening yet 
That's an excellent question. And, I, and you know, the numbers, if you, if you only look at the numbers, it's real easy to get discouraged, to sure. be honest with you. Because, because uh, you know, just judging by the statistics that we see, it would almost look as though there is no Harold Ham Diabetes Center in Oklahoma. And, right. and like I said, there, there's a lot, there's a, a, so far that we can go. I mean, unfortunately, when you look across the board at a lot of the, um, just the, the lifestyle statistics and, 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 and where Oklahoma is on a broad range of measures, we're in the bottom 10, we're one of those bottom 10 ah. states. And it, it hurts. It does. And But but maybe there, that means that there's just more room to grow. And look, you know, the creation of this diabetes center, which is really only a few years old, we're really we're only just getting started. We are so at, young. We are. This is the tip of the iceberg to, to what we what can happen. I think there is an, an awareness happening. I think I, I really feel that um, with a combination of things like National Diabetes Month, yeah. with uh, amazing podcasts like you guys do, and, and and a lot of the outreach efforts that are happening, especially maybe among young people um, more more than anybody mm-hmm. else. You know, I think if we look, if we're able to, to look into the crystal ball a good 10 or 20 years in the future, I, I imagine that there's really going to be a lot more awareness about these things. And, and it's, it's not going to be a, a foregone conclusion that you'll eat what you want, you'll live the way you want, you'll sit on your butt and watch TV all day. Yeah. Yes. You know, that, um, that look, that's, that's not an acceptable way to, uh, to, ex- to expect a long life. Well, it's coming, well and I couldn't be more excited that the Harold Ham Diabetes Center is leading that climate and culture change here in the city. I, I just think that I'm proud to be a part of the city and know now whenever people people on the street actually know what the Harold Ham Diabetes Center Absolutely. is now and that it's here in the city. And being on the campus every day where you guys are located as a student, I hear people say, oh, yeah, oh, I'm going to go to the Harold Ham Diabetes Center to hear a lecture. And that just makes me excited because people are starting to associate this bigger goal that you guys are doing well and the educational factors too not just research or going to see because my dr lane who i we interviewed earlier is uh, there and i go and see him but there's so much more to the center and i think that with this live podcast and especially with our international following now people will have maybe a better will reach more people through this and with the other diabetes uh blogs i didn't even know about them until we started this so we'll hopefully push some more people to Oklahoma and the Harold Ham Diabetes Center. Yeah, we're proud of you guys. You guys are doing a great job. That Andy. would be that would be outstanding. We've got we've got a long way to go, but but the effort is happening, and you know the interest. I'm just look around. Yeah. At, at what's going on here, and, and this wouldn't have been possible ten years ago. And all of these cowboy long. boots. Not a chance. Yeah. And all the bling. Right. Yeah. Boots and bling, baby. It's a movement. <laughs> boots and bling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you all seen the inside yet? Only this morning, uh, a little bit, but okay. it's. Amazing. Yeah, and it is. It's a great setting in there. So just a wonderful celebration. This, yeah. And really, you know, tonight's about gaining awareness and, and, and some of these solemn things, but it's also about celebrating how far we've come. Absolutely. And having Dr. Khan here ah. and to confer the award upon him, you know, this is huge. This is monumental stuff. We're actually, this is medical history in the making. We're so excited to be a part of it. And huge deal. Andy, thanks for making it happen in the Absolutely. marketing world. They couldn't Absolutely. do it without you. I'll make sure to that. pitch that to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. need your, a raise. What's your favorite Toby Keith song that you might um, hear tonight? You know, um, probably How You Like Me Now. Oh, no yeah. Doubt. I keep going back to, you know, oh. it's, it's old school for me. It's an Everybody song better right brought their lighters. We're going to put our <laughs> lighters right, right, up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we've all had that feeling, though, that How Do You Like Me Now feeling, <laughs> how do you right? How Like Me Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to hear it. When, in you a few strut, when you strut past your ex, <laughs> How You Like Me Now, baby. Well, hey, thank you. you rock, Andy. Thanks a lot for joining us, man. My pleasure. 
Steph is a dear friend from my leadership Norman days, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know Dirk, her husband, over the past couple of years. He's the owner of Norman Senior Care and chair-elect for the Harold Ham Diabetes Center Board of Advisors. We were lucky to get a couple minutes with him. Team O'Hara in the house. Jonathan, are you ready? Yep. Oh, all right. Yeah, he's ready. We're good. We have that on there. <laughs> yeah, so yes, Team O'Hara is in the house. They're with us. So I know Steph through Leadership Norman. Yes. We were classmates. I'm going to throw out a Leadership Norman 2010. 2010. Best class ever. Ever. And um, <laughs> through that, she knew that I had diabetes and her husband, Dirk, is with us. And he's on the board of directors for yes, the Harold Ham Diabetes Center. What, what are you, what's your position? Are you a board member? Uh, I am the chair-elect of the board. All oh, right. good for you. Yes. Chair-elect. Regina Mullinex is filling that role now, and then next year I will take her spot. With two newborn twins. Seven weeks old tomorrow, <laughs> yes. What is sleep? We do not know. That's Holy how much cow. we love you guys. We're here <laughs> to talk to you, even though we're extremely exhausted. In the face of twindom. Yep. Twindom, yeah. yeah. Twindom. Would not miss oh, this like event, that. though. <laughs> Would not miss it. Well, I guess the question that I have, and Ryan may have something else, is why did you decide, because neither one of you are affected by diabetes. Um, directly. Thank goodness, directly. Um, what, what made you want to be on the board? Way back when um, Trip Hall called me and asked mm, me about yeah. this, and after dealing with the elderly and working mm-hmm. in assisted living, nursing homes, uh, yeah. therapy, we have so many frail uh, elderly that are diabetic, type 1, type 2. Absolutely, some have had yeah. it their whole life, some get it you know, at 40, 50, 60. Yeah. And to watch all of their issues be so much difficult, more difficult for them to deal with than someone without diabetes, right. it just triggered with me. We've got to start earlier and get people on the right, right path. And so we've got to work with people to change their lifestyle who can. And we've mm-hmm. got to find a cure for type 1. Absolutely. Both. That's great. It's a, it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big issue, and it's pretty complex. And it seems like the Diabetes Center is, uh, is attacking it also in the, uh, the preventative route that you were talking about, which is pretty important. And, and they, they haven't just said, hey, we're going to treat this better. They've actually isolated and said, hey, we're going to prevent this, which is a pretty big deal. Like you were talking about. When you have a third of Oklahoma that's already obese, mm-hmm. and that's obese, not overweight. Right. So more than half of our population here is overweight. We're 46th or 47th, you know, in the worst health in the in the country. We have to change the way that we eat, mm-hmm. our lifestyle, the way we're uh, exercising. At Valor Health, we've partnered with Harold Ham Diabetes Center, and we went through the first Small Steps Big Changes program outside of the center. Oh, so good we for recruited you. Wow. multiple people that were mm-hmm. employees, we recruited a lifestyle coach, and spent the time. Uh, they went through their 12 week program. It was uh, four guys, and they will be here tonight oh, with us. Wow. They all got so much out of it. They all lost weight. They all changed the way they eat. And it's a great, great story that uh, That's you know, wonderful we need to, to get hear. the word out that we want all companies to realize get a lifestyle coach, take time with your employees mm-hmm. while they're at work, pay them to do this because it will make them healthier. They will be more, more productive with mm-hmm. it. And just spend the time because once they learn, then that doesn't just change them. They go home and talk to their spouse. They talk to their kids. And we have a tidal wave coming of people that are going to be diabetic if we don't change the way that we deal with what we eat in our lifestyle. Right. So I hope that with all the facts that have come out recently, and Ryan might be able to ramble the geeky stuff, but by 2050, how many people? I mean, it's it's off the charts, the percentage, essentially. So maybe with the actions that you guys are doing with the Harold Ham Diabetes Center, that we can maybe in five years see the those numbers go down and not have such a high projection. Yeah, it's a third of the people in the United States. Yeah. And us being unhealthy in Oklahoma means it'll be 40 to 50 percent of Oklahomans will be diabetic by that mm. time frame. That's the projection by 2050. Mm-hmm. Yep. More than a third, almost a half. 
And what you guys are doing is hands-on, yeah. which I love. It, it, it makes the change happen, and you guys are giving programs and installing programs and providing resources, and it's an investment into your employees. Yeah. And that's it's brilliant. We don't change anything in the world without lifestyle change. Right. And, and it's not easy. You know, we've grown up on fast food. We've grown up on quick mm-hmm. and easy foods. Pop it in the microwave. To, yeah, we have to realize that eating an apple is just as easy as eating a Snickers. It's just right. a habit. It's just a habit. And it's funny, we have a well-aware program now inside of Valor, and it's just—it's kind of a grassroots effort. And it's, it's amazing now to watch the fruit basket in the break room that used to stay full until you threw it away. <laughs> right. Is, is, is it fake or real? It's filled up yeah. almost yeah. daily now. Oh, wow. Because people are changing impact. their lifestyle. It's really working. It's well, a huge deal. Well, kudos to you and the O'Hara crew for uh, being a part of it. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank yeah. you. Time to change the world. <laughs> One person at a time. That's right. Tell them <laughs> We want to thank the Connect and Cure Gala crew. Yeah, I said gala, not gala. The Harold Ham Diabetes Center staff and all of the gracious folks who were kind enough to spend a couple minutes with us. After we ra- wrapped up our interviews, we were honored to sit amongst 900 plus people who also support the center's future and groundbreaking strides toward eradicating diabetes. Being from Oklahoma, where one out of three people is affected by this disease, it was a meaningful night with promise. We ended the night sipping wine, making new friends, and singing shoulda, coulda, been <laughs> shoulda, coulda. <laughs> Um, can I leave that? Yeah, you can leave that. You can, leave that. <laughs> you can tell I'm not. A, yeah, should have been a cowboy. Should have been a cowboy by Moore's. Yeah, Moore's own. Just go ahead and say it, Ryan. Moore's own. Toby, Toby Keith. Keith. If you didn't know, it's on the water tower. There might or might not have been boots and bling. What do you call it? Is it diabetes or diabetes? Having to check to see if your level is up or down. What you have for dinner, what you have for lunch. Did you have too many or not enough? Getting all of the levels of shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, and I'm alive. Yes, 